This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Welcome back to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host this week, Carl Ulrich, Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Wharton. I'm very happy to welcome to the show my next guest, Mike Huang, who's the co-founder and CEO of Glow. And I'm told that Mike is calling us from Shanghai. Mike, ni hao, ni hao, ni hao. Huaning lai dao, Launchpad. That's a very impressive Chinese. How are you, Carl? <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love Shanghai. It might be my favorite city in the world. So yeah. I'm, yeah, really awesome. Uh, Mike, so let's first things first, I'm going to point our listeners to your website. It's glowing as in, I'm just glowing today, glowing.com. Um, uh, Mike, give us the elevator pitch for, for glow. Sure. So we're the largest mobile platform for women's health, um, in, in out there. Um, we are, um, I'm here to help women try to conceive naturally and faster. Uh, we use a data-driven approach, um, track women's uh, fertility cycles, ovulation cycles, and provide personal recommendations through our um, analytics. So that's a, that's a short, short, uh, short pitch of it. All right. So let's let's start with the origin story. How did you get into the fertility business? Um, it's quite long. I'm, I'll try to make it sure. I'm not, I'm not sure how much time you have. So, um, I, I don't promote this, nor do I try to hide it, right? Because it's such a taboo in, in the whole, whole, um, whole space of uh, fertility or infertility. So my wife and I were clinically infertile. We tried for years, try to get pregnant and, um, we're not able to, um, it, it's, it's quite a bit of experience, right? I mean, I mean, infertility rates one in eight. Um, so, you know, you, you know somebody that having trouble conceiving and you never realize it's you until when it happens. Um, so that really gave me the motivation after um, uh, the, the previous startup, which is Sly, I always had a product at Sly, um, gave me the motivation to try to tackle something that was pretty dear to my heart. Um, so in short, that, that's how I got, got, um, I got together with my co-founders to, to try to tackle this. Now, um, you know, we, we try to take a, a more unique approach, right? So, you know, I mean, we're, we're not doctors. We're not here to try to um, diagnose people. But, you know, our, our heritage or DNA has always been uh, very data-centric. So we simply try to think, like, all right, are there ways we can leverage data, right? A, a massive amount of data that, you know, we can try to have a, uh, access to um, to try and um, address this uh, very taboo and important issue. Yeah. So I want to just underscore a couple things you said. So just the f first, I, I would say this template of entrepreneur scratching his own itch is probably the most common one I see. So that part of it, I think, is is uh, is pretty common. And so, you know, my advice to entrepreneurs out there is when you encounter a a, a pain point in your own life, that often is a nice opportunity but what's different about this one is that is the data you gave us, which is one in eight, which says not only was this a pain point that you had, but it was a pain point that that so many people had. And so it's an ideal kind of opportunity 
in 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 that sense. So I just wanted to underscore that uh, based on, on what you said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's commonly known, right? Um, that infertility is is really a silent struggle. Um, people just naturally don't talk about it, and you know, um, especially you know where you're from, say in Asia, for example, which I've uh, somewhat of a uh, you know experience here now um, is that you know is a taboo subject is <laughs> extremely taboo subject in, in you know in Asia. So this, this is something that where I think through data driven approach uh, we can hopefully um, help a lot of people achieve the dream they want, which is conceiving. Yeah. All right. So so tell us a little bit more about about the product. If I if I go to glowing.com, which I did in preparing for the show, you you've actually got a lot of stuff going now but you've right. been at it for five years so maybe tell us maybe tell us where you started with this data-driven approach what did you do sure. um so we're not a traditional website right website is really just a place where we try to explain from marketing perspective uh what uh, what we're about yeah our primary presence is really through our our platform a, a, a suite of mobile apps yep so we have four apps um which one is called eve which is uh, help people tr uh, do period tracking provide uh, various content on sexual wellness. Uh, Glow is our flagship app, which is one ovulation tracker, try to help you know, a couple try to conceive. Um, and also I just want to point out, we were probably one that own, uh, it's kind, that first one to create uh, the app that also support partners. So it's not, a, 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 it's kind of a single journey, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like I say, it takes two to, to conceive. So we, we thought about that very early on. And then uh, we have nurture, which is after you conceive, then we, we try to you know take the same data-driven approach to um, help women through their pregnancy. And then we have Glow Baby, which is the baby app um, that uh, take care of first year of baby's health and also mother's health. So yes. if you put yeah, go all, ahead. yeah, yeah, if you put all four together, that's really where uh, we create we start with our, our presence and what we've been trying to do um, our most of our uh, development for the last five years. Um, as a matter of fact, our um, penetration, sorry, not, not penetration, our um, uh, a Glow app, right, has held more than almost 900,000 pregnancies now um, in, in, you know, in, in our app platform. So we're pretty proud of what we're, we're able to achieve in the last five years. Whoa. Wow. That's, that's a number. <laughs> that's a significant yeah. number, too. You think about, so, about how well, many lives my, that is. My, yeah. shorter my shorter elevated pitch when people ask me what I do, I say, we'll, we'll help make babies. <laughs> yeah. Pretty awesome. So, Mike, what, has your focus been initially on on what's the right way to say it? Uh, unaided uh, pregnancy, so just ordinary old pregnancy with no additional technology, and and how much progress can you make against that challenge just with data, just with information, without any kind of medical intervention? Um, quite a, quite a bit, actually. Um, so. When we first started, right, it's all about how do we provide a, a beautiful, seamless experience for people to share uh, very intimate data with us, right? And we, we totally understand that uh, these data are very private. We need to take them seriously. Um, so we need to create a beautiful experience that people can trust us. So tr trust in, in, in sharing the data with us as a platform is really key when we first got started. Um, but the, the question is, right, what do you do with the data, right? Right. Uh, like I said, we diagnose anybody. We, we, I'm not a physician, even though we have you know war renowned uh, medical advisor in our company. But what we decided to do is really try to look at intricacies in what the data can tell us. Um, I'll give you a very simple example, right? So um, there are two very common causes of infertility. One's endometriosis or endo, you, know, you can call it for sure. One's uh, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, 
one, the first one is highly correlated with the painfulness of the period. Um, the other one um, is highly correlated with irregular periods. Mm-hmm. So you know, just do a very simple exercise of take a look at the data and, and try to see the historical trend. We're able to start model and, and see what are the likelihood you, you could have one or the other, right? Uh, again, we don't diagnose anything. We simply right. say, all right, you know, we sort of know what, what uh, um, you know, this is very classic machine learning, right? So we talk about medical advisors to look at kind of abnormal trends. And we simply look at the trends. They are, how close are you matching to that? And through our algorithm, we're able to recommend, um, just give a simple, a simple recommendation, provide content or um, say, hey, maybe go get checked out. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how many times our users actually got it checked out and were, were able to uh, conceive successfully. What's the um, what data are you actually using? You're using the 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 period uh, onset of period and and a pain measurement. Well, th- that's an interesting part about this whole exercise, the data exercise, right? So you know, to try to get pregnant, it, it, I don't think is 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 a truly a single variable exercise, right? Mm-hmm. It's really a multivariable exercise. So you have right. to take a quite you have to take a look at quite a bit of variables. Clearly, um, you know. Your, your ovulation cycles, your menstrual, you know, menstrual period, and also let's say you know other more intimate data such as cervical fluid, um, you know, pain degree of pain, you know, so, so quite a bit of variables we can yeah. factor in. Um, but there are some common, you know, more known um, variables that clearly play a bigger role. But but our goal is, all right, can we actually define what this looks like and able to help you know women out there uh, throughout the world to better address maybe specifically. There are variables tailored towards certain regions, certain you know, uh, certain conditions that they can better conceive. Yeah. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about what you did relative to. There were competitive apps. You know, I was thinking five years ago there were, there were competitive apps. Um, what did you do to really differentiate yourselves? Was it this data, the data piece? Oh, it, it was absolutely a data piece. Again, yeah. we're not the first one to create this concept of tracking. As a matter of fact, five years ago, even longer, um, you know, you can really find an app track anything, anything right. you want. Uh, so we, we definitely weren't the first. We weren't the first to really take this data-driven approach. Yeah. So you know, again, a beautiful thing about about um, these consumer products, right, or, or the platform that we have is. Uh, it's very easy for you know anyone to what I call to take the Pepsi challenge, right? Yeah. Just, uh, take a look at Glow, take a look at whatever other relevant apps out there, and you can very clearly see um, the way we um, uh, use data and also give that personalized analysis data back to the users, right? So we start from that started that very beginning, and and the other part that we we took it you know very seriously, and that's more of a personal experience, which um, uh, you know I've been a product person my entire career. Which I can relate closely is is how do you actually also use the app to bridge the communication or the intimacy between the couples, right? Yeah. Um, it's almost like an Excel spreadsheet can be cold and hard if you're hardcore about tracking. You know what? You use, use Excel. But my motivation is, you know, I went through this journey myself with my wife. You create quite a bit of stress and you know pain pain in our marriage. Um, so how do we create that experience where you have a place to talk about it, right? You can you can kind of Go through this journey together, and go through the journey with like-minded people. So, yeah. when I first met, you know, what's Glow? I think it's one of the largest mobile community for uh, women's health. I, I mean that, right? So, if you look at uh, all four apps, they're all tied together by this single community of users, where they share experience and knowledge. 
uh, with one another. So I think that that's really unique in its, its nature. So. Yeah. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Carl Ulrich, and I'm speaking with Mike Huang, who's the co-founder and CEO of Glow. Um, Mike, how do how does Glow make money? So um, our business model is really focused on um, how do we help women who are not able to conceive, right? Uh, the kind of clinically infertile population that uh, myself was in. So the, the, the business itself, the, the name is a, a Glow Fertility Program. So mm-hmm. it, it's really the first of its kind uh, comprehensive solution for affordable fertility care. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you know, these kind of procedures, they're, they're not cheap. Uh, for the most part, they're 70% cash pay. Um, so they can be quite a bit of burden financially for, for people who are just not able to conceive naturally, right? So what we're able to bring to the table is, is actually really simple, right? So if, if you use Glow platform today, able to get pregnant, fantastic. We're more than happy to help you, right? Uh, if you're not able to, we can provide individualized uh, fertility coaching, access to the top fertility clinics and pharmacies, with a lower pricing of the treatment, right? With, with, with IUI, egg freezing, or uh, IVF, and then concierge medical service, and then transparent financing options that to help you pay for it. So and essentially, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. So essentially, the, of those 900,000 pregnancies, probably more than 800,000 of them were, 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 uh, were by others than the clinically infertile it's some very small fraction that that then proceed to need a higher level of service and and then you're making money on are you providing those services or are you simply referring people to those services well we are we're working we partner with the um, uh, the fertility clinics right the top okay. fertility clinic in the country um where we work with our users and find a tailored solution for them uh, so we don't provide referral because that's actually not allowed. Oh, um, is that right? In the, right, yeah. right. You, you can refer a patient on the specific one, right? But because we have such a wide network, a strong network of clinics, partner partner clinics, uh, we simply provide the best uh, options for them, right? Uh, again, this comes down to, you know, all about data and personalization. Right. Um, if you want to get an IVF, well, do you want big clinic where it can process a lot of cycles and things just kind of work like a factory? Some people prefer that, right? Or mm-hmm. you want more doctor's time, you want more, you know, intimate settings. So there's there's small private clinic you can go to as well. Um, so we, we basically work with our users, and we know a lot of their preferences just through our app and the communication aspect of it, and provide a, a very tailored solution and help them pay for it. Yeah, but I still don't understand. You can't refer them, but you are essentially matching them to uh, to a service. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So what happens is the, um, the clinics we have negotiated discounts um, I see. on the users that we, uh, sorry, the patients that we um, end up choosing the clinic, and we simply just share the discount with our with our users. Yeah. So one way to think about it, I mean, it's really a quite genius business model, which is you're providing this super valuable service, and in the app, in the ordinary app, but it's only the tiny fraction uh, for whom that doesn't work that but you but then you've acquired that customer you've built a relationship with that customer and they're then going to end up spending i mean i don't know how many of our of our listeners know how much this costs but we're talking in some cases about hundreds of thousands of dollars right in terms of a transaction that people might eventually some small fraction of users might eventually be engaged in 
Well, on average per cycle is about fifteen to twenty thousand dollars, right? Including medication, and typically it takes more than two cycles to be successful. So, right. you know, that that's start adding it up. Um, but again, I will come back to in the day, right? I mean, Carl, you, you nailed them, you, you nailed it right there. I mean, it's really about um, our users, which, since we have such a large concentration and uh, penetration of people who are trying to conceive in in the U.S., um, so they trust us, right? They're, yeah. they're already a platform, so. Um, we just have much easier time than anyone else to, I don't want to use the word acquire the users, right. but essentially to work with a large population, which they, they trust us already uh, to give them this very specialized and high, you know, call, you know, not um, pretty high, high cost, right. Of, of a transaction. Um, yeah. that, that's why if somebody want to do this through normal ABI, the message is not going to add up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very cool. It's a, it's a very interesting model. And I suspect there are analogies in in other domains where you could do this, build a relationship, and then there's some tiny fraction of that of that population that really does need has an acute pain point around which there's a high willingness to pay. Um, right. It's it's pretty. Well, it's a I nice mean, yeah. yeah. Well, we started with the infertility, right? Um, but yeah. again, we also include fertility as well. Um, you know, you know, like egg freezing is one of the right um, a movement. I would say, right? Where oh yeah. It, 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 Writing is on the wall. More uh, people will want to have this option of, you know, having the baby when they want to, right? Having a healthy baby when they want to versus, let's say, woman facing um, the, the, the choice, a tough choice of, do I start a family right now right. or do I forego that to go for that career promotion, right? Um, so with, with this additional option, um, then, then we simply just, you know, facilitate that, that option for, for people to choose uh, what's yeah. best for them. Yeah. So, so Mike, I, 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 if Crunchbase is to be trusted, you've raised, I don't know, more than it's, Crunchbase has $23 million. Um, but I, but I wonder if you could talk us through the financing a little bit and what kind of challenges it was. I mean, you, you raise money from some of the best funds there are Peter Thiel's fund, Slow Ventures, Andreessen and Horowitz. I mean, these are amazing, uh, investors. But this is not necessarily the mainstream for a largely male-dominated venture capital industry. Tell us a little bit about funding and how much challenge there was to to uh, fund a business that's really about fertility. Sure. Um, I mean, this is probably go back to, uh, I'm sure you know this very well as well, right? I mean, for all the entrepreneurs out there, um, when you first start a company, uh, ideas are important, progress is important, but I think most important um, factor for people that say invest, you know, choose an investment decision is really the, the team, right? Um, can they can they bet on the team that will go through the ups and downs, the hardships, on the crazy <laughs> ups and downs? In fact, right. uh, to to get to that that success one day, right? Um, so um, I'm 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 for, sort of in more of a unique and situation where my other co-founder is uh, Max Lepchen. Uh, he's a co-founder of PayPal. Uh, obviously has has a little bit of credibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Right. Um, so, and I, I work with and know Max for 15 years. Yeah. Um, as Matt, like the last company that was sold, uh, I was his head of product um, after it was done, but that's when he and I decided to say, okay, you know, it was a good run. Do we want to do it again? Um, so obviously through that, through the, the quote unquote PayPal network, right. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to gather interest initially um, uh, pretty quickly because people trust the team. But that's not to say uh, because you have a team, they don't care about idea or where you're trying to go. 
Um, so it was a challenge, you know, in, in, in the few rounds, we have to really explain what exactly you're trying to do, right? Can, can you match the vision? Um, and I would say, you know, when, when we talked with a few uh, potential investors, for example, um, it, it was it was definitely a, a uh, pretty steep learning curve for them yeah. because we have to explain some of the basic terminology and pain points, which, um, you know, unless you're a person going through it, right, you're just not going to know too, too much about it. Certainly not right. from a kind of emotional sense. But, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think you said it really well. If if uh, if Max is your is your co-founder, you probably have a huge leg up on on overcoming the, the skeptics. So, um, yeah. But so it's not, it's not it's not it's not free either, though, because yeah, it's not, I mean, it gives you a door, gives your foot in the door pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, you have to find a way to walk through it. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, Mike, tell us tell us what the China connection is. I mean, obviously, China is a place that cares a lot about fertility, but uh, right. I suspect there's another reason. So, so give us tell us why why you're in Shanghai. Yeah. Sure. I mean, this is, again, a bit of a unique situation um, because towards the latter part of my tenure um, as the head of product. Um, um, Max sort of volunteered me to come to Asia to start a new business unit. Um, so, so I came here, I literally packed up my bag with my wife and my daughter, which was five months old at, at the time, and um, just tried to start something here, right? And I was very lucky, able to recruit a couple, you know, extremely sharp engineers, um, and then able to grow a team from there uh, to about 30 some people. And a year into that, after that, we were acquired uh, by Google um, because this is kind of my first team that I founded, right? Um, there's just a lot of camaraderie, a lot of trust um, and chemistry um, w w with with us. So when we decided to uh, say, okay, you know, we want to start something again, um, you know, a, a few few folks, you know, continue to, to journey. And that's the reason, you know, our R&D is in Shanghai because the team has kind of been together for almost a decade, right? Yeah. Um, but also worked out in that, as we start getting into the fertility and the infertility space, China is the market that will just change the entire landscape for, for, for the world. Um, as you know, 2016, they have um, modified their one-child policy. So right. um, people can have more, more than one now. Uh, as a matter of fact, that has been even loosened even as we speak, right? Because you know, just like many Asian countries, they're experiencing population aging. They want to correct for that. Uh, and in terms of technology and what uh, what are the procedures that are able to be performed. Um, there's just quite a bit of uh, uh, folks here in China that want to explore uh, option abroad as well. Um, as a matter of fact, there was an article in Bloomberg yesterday just mentioned exactly that, right? The kind of booming market in China. So it, it kind of work out, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, you, you definitely want to be, you want to be good, but, you know, better be lucky. So yeah, I think better be lucky. Yeah, so... So as I understand it, I mean, Shanghai does have a very vibrant entrepreneurial scene and is, in fact, quite a bit less expensive to operate. So you're already there. That That's a sort of idiosyncratic reason for you to be in, in, in China. But have you also launched the app in the Chinese market as well? We did. We actually did. We launched it earlier this year. It's still very early, right? Yeah. Um, but our thinking is, you know, our R&D has, you know, again, we have great chemistry. Our team has been together for almost 10 years. So, you know, we know how to work together. Um, and we launched our app very successfully. So we are the, the premier brand in, you know, fertility in the U.S. So we simply want to leverage that brand to come to China. 
Um, so that, that's, that's kind of what we got started. We launched a similar application, but I think we'll evolve a little differently um, because you know we have advantage, or I have advantage that um, we have troops on the ground. Um, I'm sort of, Im- I, well, I, I am an immigrant. Yeah. Um, in, in that, you know, I grew up in the U.S., but um, I, you know, I'm an immigrant myself, so I sort of also understand the Chinese culture. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, unlike the previous, let's say, uh, U.S. company try to get, enter in China with kind of one uh, one size fits all solution, I, right. I don't think that's a smart thing to do. So, you know, we have troops on the ground. I think we can smartly navigate that, create something you know fantastic for the Chinese population. All right. Well, Mike, um, it's super inspiring and really exciting. And thanks so much for making the time to join us. Uh, uh, Yeah. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. All right. So to check out Glow, you go to the App Store, but you can also visit the website glowing.com. That just about does it for today's show. If you've got a question about something you heard or if you have a suggestion for companies or guests you'd like to hear, send us a note. Our email address is businessradio at SiriusXM.com. To follow me, go to my website, ktulrich.com. That's K-T-U-L-R-I-C-H.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at ktulrich. I'm Carl Ulrich, Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Wharton. Launchpad is produced by Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. The show airs live on Wednesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. You can find more episodes of this podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.